The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts of this program do not necessarily state or reflect those of this station or its management. Inside the bowels of hell. Warning, the ghosts, ghouls, and goblins here enjoy pussies for dinner. If thou dost offend easily, tune away now. Otherwise, welcome. We've been expecting you. I want to play a game. Fucking Halloween <laughs> from Outlaw Radio. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Halloween edition of Outlaw Radio. That is for the 29th of October, 2022. I'm your host, Bad Billy. And what a show I have for you today. Yes, indeed. So in just a little bit, you're going to hear an interview that I did with L. Yes, he is simply known as L with the band Cultus Black. They're out of North Carolina. And then uh, after that, Stephen James, or should I say the icon, Stephen James, will be joining me for the rest of the show with some uh, discussion on The Walking Dead. And in the third hour, we have a very interesting conversation, very fit for Halloween, as you know. Before we get to all that, I want to cue the first song of the show. This is the new release by Cultus Black. It's called Burn. And I'll be back with L right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. Nothing left to lose. 
thrill seeker rocking out to the station i hear you you're probably even sipping on a drink right now an average blah blah drink in a can or bottle one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you i'll bet you want something different don't you something more take your shot with cold cock whiskey the best whiskey anywhere why because it's different from other liquors cold cock whiskey is herbal whiskey 100 all natural herbs blended with aged american whiskey no more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. I wonder, if men think with the wrong head, do women speak with the wrong lips? Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Please don't touch. Your voice is the strongest weapon. What you believe is the source. The power to speak out has the power to reach out. Freedom of speech gives you the right to express yourself. Without freedom of speech, there is little freedom at all. It is your right to stand up for what you believe in and to take action. Through speech, media, or social groups, you can make a difference. How will you make an impact with freedom of speech? This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools 
items, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliated with My Patriot Supply. Are you prepared for the next unplanned emergency? As we speak, inflation is rising and the grocery store shelves are stocked less and less every day. The time to prepare is now. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com, visit the store section, and click on the My Patriot Supply banner and purchase yourself some buckets of delicious gourmet food with a 25-year shelf life. You can also purchase other essential supplies you can use during times of unplanned emergencies. Supplies such as the Alexa Pure water filtration system, first aid and medical supplies, solar power supplies, and much more. Again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Visit the store section and click on the My Patriot Supply banner. Don't be left in the dark. Get yourself and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency today. I'm Neil, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Burn from Cultus Black, and it is my pleasure to welcome their lead singer, L, simply known as L, to the show. How you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you very much for joining the show the uh, Halloween edition, and uh, I got to tell you, uh, every Halloween I always ask for for a band or musician that uh, embodies the spirit of Halloween, and well, you guys do that quite well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I guess we do fit the uh, fit the vibe of of this time of year. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, uh, please. Uh, enlighten the listeners, tell them a bit about uh, Cultus Black, uh, give a little background, and uh, yeah, for those who have uh, never heard of you guys. Okay, uh, yeah, so Cultus Black, uh, yeah, Cultus Black, we're back, no, Cultus Black, we're um, just a band of uh, weirdos and masks and uh, body paint, um, we're kind of um, eh, kind of a mixture of new metal and uh, maybe a little bit of deathcore in there. Um, we try to, we're not really, uh, married to any particular, uh, genre of music. So, um, we're a little all over the place, but it's, it's heavy, you know, um, good hooks and, uh, good melodies, but still heavy. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, um, we, like you just heard, we just played the, the new single burn, uh, which, uh, came out, uh, yesterday. Um, and, uh. Yeah, we uh, have a, an album that will be coming out next year. We don't have a release date yet, but we're getting pretty close to that. It's probably going to be in March, uh, right before we go out with uh, Static X. Um, I don't know. What do you want to know? What, what do you want to know about us? <laughs> I think uh, you, you you told uh, told enough there. Now, uh, one que- question I I just have too is uh, you in particular uh, with with your face paint. Um, I, I just have to ask because I'm part Native American. Is there is there a tie to that, or is is that uh, 
something something else uh, you're doing there because it looks Native American to me, and I thought I thought that's really awesome. Well, I mean, honestly, I pull uh, influences from all kinds of stuff, and I definitely have looked at um, some Native American um, style body paint and stuff because, um, you know, uh, obviously that's. Uh, <laughs> That's part of our history, and, you know, a lot of us have a little bit of Native American in us, and, uh, you know, me being from North Carolina and that whole region. Uh, so, uh, you know, um, definitely have pulled some some um, some imagery from Native American stuff, but I also, you know, I pull from all over the place. Uh, I, sometimes you'll see alchemy symbols in, um, in some of my uh, paint. So uh, basically, whatever uh, creatively hits me that day is kind of what I do. I, I um, try to vary it up so that it's not always the same thing, uh, especially from tour to tour. You'll see me change it up and uh, I'll look, uh, you know, I've worn red paint. I've worn white and black, red and black and various symbols and, and uh, you know, kind of different uh, iterations of, of the paint. Uh, and uh, do you kind of uh, keep it the way uh, Kiss used to, as if the uh, f the fans uh, don't get to see you without without uh, your your makeup? Absolutely, yes. Um, I um, I really try very hard to um, protect kind of uh, the anonymity and the image of the band. Um, so if you see me at a venue you're probably going to see me in the paint. Um, I, I have had people come up to me um, when I'm not in paint, um, just kind of lurking around the building, come up to me and ask me where the band went. And I'm like, oh, they went that way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, because people don't know who I am. Now, people that really, really go back deep with the band and maybe, you know, are, are closer to us, of course they're going to know who I am. But just generally speaking at a show, you know, I, I'm, I, I hide in the crowd, <laughs> you know, if I have to be out in the people, you know, I, I kind of uh, just blend in because um, I don't want anybody to know what I look like outside of the paint. So, yeah. And the same thing with the masks. We really try to protect that, too, because, you know, the other guys wear the um, kind of um, the faceless masks. And uh, we try to we try to keep people from seeing them without that on as well. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I Speaking of Kiss, too, yeah, just uh, I remember there was a picture of Cher with Gene Simmons, and uh, Gene was covering his face from the nose down because uh, the band members of Kiss were at that time were not supposed to be seen without their makeup. So, yep, yep, mm -hmm. that's that's kind of the way we try to roll. Um, you know, it's difficult because you know sometimes fans will catch you like out and about and they want a picture or, or whatever, you know, so you got to get creative <laughs> to try to not show yourself. Yes. Yes. And, um, who would you say are some of your main influences? Um, I mean, uh, I'm definitely influenced by, um, you know, I'm influenced by a lot of things that are kind of outside of the, the metal scope. Like, I'm highly influenced by uh, Nine Inch Nails, Terrestrial Nine Inch Nails. Um, I'm also, I'm pretty influenced by Mike Patton also. Like, I just love that man. He's a genius. Um, and then I'm also influenced by lots of things like uh, um, from kind of the uh, media world of like games and stuff. Like, uh, a lot of my imagery 
comes from, you know, horror movies and uh, and video games. Uh, Silent Hill was a big influence on me um, growing up, and uh, you know, actually they just had a big trailer and everything that they're going to do a remake of Silent Hill 2, which I'm pretty excited about. But yeah, so uh, again, kind of pulling from all over the place, but I am influenced by a lot of things that are outside of metal. Um, if you want to speak kind of more traditionally on things that you would expect, um, you know, I, I'm influenced uh, by, you know, some more typical stuff like uh, uh, Slipknot would be an influence for me, um, you know, um, stuff like that. Yes, yes, Slipknot was going to be one of my guesses as well, but I also, I catch, yeah. I catch a, a little touch of like a Cannibal Corpse, even though I, a difference between you guys and Cannibal Corpse is I can understand what you're saying. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I, I make an effort to try to be, um, um, to try to sing in such a way or scream in such a way that I'm still audible, that you can understand what I'm saying. Um, you know, try to enunciate and all that good stuff. It's, uh, I think it's important, and it's really just kind of the style, because there are vocalists that I like a lot that I couldn't understand anything that they said. Like, I was a big fan of uh, Cradle of Filth and Danny Filth, and um, his lyrics are, like, they're poetry. Like, it's, like, crazy how, um, um, you know, articulate he is, but you can't understand anything when you're listening to him hardly, <laughs> you know? Um, but I loved him. So, you know, it's just kind of a style choice, but I like to try to be where people can understand me as much as possible. Now I'm reading on your Facebook and it looks like you got a slogan here, new metal out of the abyss and, uh, straight out of the abyss. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like new metal is almost a genre that's been forgotten since maybe, uh, the middle of the 2000s, I'd say, um, you know, just just haven't heard a whole lot of it. And we know it started probably, oh, right, right around the mid-90s, post-grunge era, too. So it's interesting, yeah. that, uh, you know, you're you're tied to that genre a little bit. And then, of course, I, I can't remember which one of your songs I was listening to, but, uh, you know, just like uh, Limp Biscuit, I could hear, you know, the scratching and I could tell. I could tell it wasn't done on a turntable. It was done with a guitar pick uh, across the strings, too. So yeah, it's like you brought that back as well. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, you know, and I have mentioned Slipknot, but we're definitely influenced by kind of the new metal vibe and um, kind of that's something else I grew up with. I was in the grunge era, era as well as uh, the new metal era, you know, both of those were important to me growing up, um, so they, they definitely are reflecting in our, in our music. And new metal's kind of come back, and honestly, I don't know, I've just, I've been married to new metal for a while, like, uh, you know, other bands that I've been in were, were just really ensnashed in the new metal um, community, and I ended up making a lot of friends in the new metal community, like, you know, like old school dudes, like, and I mean, dope isn't necessarily new metal, but they're, they're from that ilk, you know, and I made friends with them and uh, American Head Charge and, you know, lots of bands like that. So I just just kind of found myself in that community, <laughs> you know, and uh, we use, we say new metal, but again, you know, we're kind of a mixture of a lot of things, but it, it, it's, uh, it's an easy way to kind of say, okay, this is one thing that you can identify us with, you know. Yes, yes. American Head Charge. Like I said, 
uh, you know, it seems to have kind of died out, but you're bringing it back some. And American Head Charge, that's that's something I have I haven't heard that name for so long, so long. Yeah, I, I toured with them um, a number of years ago, um, and uh, they were great dudes, like just really, really, really sweet people. Um, love touring with them, and um, you know, um, Cameron, their singer, um, I offered me to go up on stage with them and you know do their last song every night of the set with them. And that was a lot of fun. Um, just uh, love American Edgewood. Yes, yes, and. You also mentioned uh, you're going to be touring uh, with uh, Static X, and uh, yeah, I, re- I can't remember the name of their lead singer, but I, I do know he's no longer with us. But I, I honestly didn't know that. They, yeah, I didn't know that they reformed and uh, came back. Oh yeah, they they made a comeback really like right before COVID hit. They were making a comeback and. Um, this tour we're doing uh, next year was supposed to happen earlier this year, but it had gotten postponed because kind of in the middle of COVID, it was booked, and they're like, yeah, I don't know how the world's going to be, so they postponed it, but uh, next year is going to be it now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Static X made a comeback. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, they were just on tour with uh, Rob Zombie and Mudvayne. Yes, yes. Now, Mudvayne, that's another one that has recently come back after their lead singer was with... Uh, with hell yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, well both of I, I love both of those bands. So, but uh, yeah, it's good to see Mudvayne back too. And uh, it is, yeah. Yes. Now I I have to ask you since you you mentioned COVID and I've been asking this a lot lately. Um, you know, 2020 of course is was the year that uh, nobody saw it coming and. Um, it's like the whole world was was on pause while we dealt with this, and uh, I mean I've got my own opinions that I I won't mention here, but uh, you know I'm going to ask you uh, what are the positives you think you can take uh, dur- during the time when uh, pretty much uh, nothing was going on in the world of entertainment. Uh, I mean obviously it was kind of a negative time for the world, but what are the positives you think you took from it? What are the positives that came from it? Well, I mean, I will say um, gave me a lot of time to write. Um, and uh, that's actually how the song Burn uh, that, you know, we just released is um, that was written during that period of time, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, we made the video for Witch Hunt, which was done in a studio. Actually, that's a live video. A lot of people don't realize that, but the video for Witch Hunt is live. It was done, like, live in studio. We did that during lockdown. So it, it was interesting because it kind of challenged me and us to think outside of the box and try new things and, and be creative, you know. So in that respect, you know, I guess you can see that as a positive, you know, that um, we were able to create the stuff that maybe we otherwise wouldn't have created. Uh, we also did a live stream, which was the first and only time we ever did it. Um, that was an adventure, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it was it was different, and um, I, I guess on a kind of a larger scale of you know positives that came from it. Um, I hope would like to think that you know it made people um, kind of understand 
and maybe recognize how important it is to socialize and be around other people and how important live music really is because you know you don't know what you got into a film right and i know from i know for me um whenever you know uh you know we had a lot of shows that got canceled and tours and I'm sitting around and I'm like, man, I miss playing out. You know, I miss that connection with the crowd. And it's just, uh, it's, it's almost like I'm crankier because I'm not able to get, have that outlet. <laughs> you know, it like kind of changes your whole demeanor because that, that outlet is just, it's so important. And it's a, it's a two way outlet. Like it, it goes both ways. It's a give and take with the crowd and the band. The band is getting to, you know, let off all this steam and, and um, you know, uh, energy that they have. And the crowd is doing the exact same thing, just in a, in a different way, you know. You know, it, it's, it's, so, it's so funny you mentioned that, too, is because um, right around the time when COVID hit, um, it's like uh, people's minds were being changed, too. Is um, I mean, especially uh, younger people, they said... Uh, it's like their idea of going to a concert was watching it live stream on YouTube. And, yeah. and I'm thinking you can't get the energy. You can't get the vibes from a live show. You have no idea what you're missing. That's a, that, that's no. not a concert. I mean, I mean, that's no different than just watching it on TV. I mean, you get, you go to a, yeah. live, you go to a live show. It's, it, it's a, an experience that uh, money can't buy. It's definitely a whole other animal. You know, like you said, it's uh, it's just different. It, you can't get that same energy. Um, and, uh, yeah, once you don't have it, you really miss it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, it just blew my mind to uh, hear that, to uh, hear, hear somebody say that. Just like, you know, yeah, I mean, there was a period of time there where we, like, it was a serious question, are live shows ever going to happen again? You know, I mean, it really started to, you know, I saw, I remember seeing, like, videos or whatever of, like, social distancing shows or whatever, you know, it's like they put them, like, in cubicles or, <laughs> or whatever, you know, I'm like, Jesus, that is awful, you know. Yeah. Um, but luckily, we came out of it, but for a while there, we didn't know. Well, actually, in 2020, I did attend a music fest that, uh, you know, was uh, barely got pulled off, but uh, they managed, the promoter managed to do it. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, social distancing was supposed to be mandatory, but, uh, you know, once uh, the main acts hit the stage, that just didn't happen, you know, but they, you know, took all the precautions like hand sanitizers everywhere and things like that. Um, yeah, but, uh, and I will tell you by the, by the end of the day, that three day festival, there were zero confirmed cases. I never, I didn't catch it until uh, later that year. So, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I'll say zero confirmed cases that we know of. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but at the end of the, at the end of it too, so like Chris Jansen was one of the main acts uh out, out of the whole out of the whole festival and him and the the promoter a guy named gordy just caught a lot of hell from a bunch of idiots are saying oh these guys don't care about uh, public safety and the health of their fans they only 
care about their pocketbooks and me having to know the promoter. I knew that was so far from the truth. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to scapegoat people like that, you know, if you don't know them and just from a distance judge. And that goes on. Obviously, that's kind of our whole internet culture these days is is judging from afar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so one of your songs, I uh, definitely want to talk a little bit about uh, the one that caught my attention, and you make me sick. <laughs> what, <laughs> oh yeah. What's the? Uh, what would you say is the inspiration behind that? I mean, obviously, I, I'm reading the lyrics. Like, damn, I felt that way about a few people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, whenever um, whenever I'm writing lyrics and stuff, and I. And I got this from Trent Reznor, you know, I, you heard me say I'm a big National Elks fan, but whenever um, I hear Trent Reznor talk about song lyrics and stuff, I've heard him say that he doesn't like to get too specific about what songs are mean to him because he thinks that really the most important thing is how the audience feels about it, and the audience really is what counts on what they think it is. And sometimes if you tell somebody what you meant it to be and it completely disconnects from what they thought it was then you kind of ruin the song for them <laughs> you know but I will say that whenever I'm writing lyrics the, the way I do it is I always try to write about things that mean something to me like I really try to think about okay how am I feeling right now you know what is something that I either that I feel strongly about one way or the other if I feel good about it or, or if I'm pissed off about it or, you know, whatever the case may be. And um, so with that song, uh, I was freshly off of another band uh, that I had left, and I was pretty pissed off about how things had ended there, and it was kind of like a big, like I'm starting this new thing. And I had a lot of other stuff going on in my life, too, of this kind of um, people that were being, um, let's see, I don't know how to say it other than... Uh, uh, a pain in my ass. Um, and, and so I put all that anger and those feelings into that song and tried to write it in such a way that people could kind of identify with it without it being too specific. Like, I can relate to this this feeling of, you know, just really, really hating someone and just being pissed off. <laughs> you know? Yes, I, I hear you there. <laughs> Yes, and then uh, uh, another one too. I I think the first one that actually caught my attention fully was uh, "Negative Creep" because I've I've always been a fan of Nirvana when since I was in high school when they when uh, they yeah. got out on, onto the scene too, and that, that was a pretty brilliant cover that you did of of a song that uh, I don't think a lot of people have heard. Yeah, and uh, there you go again with, uh, you know, the 90s era kind of grunge stuff, like I said, um, influences from the 90s and the early 2000s. Um, yeah, we were, and that was also done during the, the kind of COVID era there, you know, and uh, that was like, we were thinking, uh, you know, we wanted to do something. We didn't want to release any more stuff from the album because we just didn't want to put out all the stuff from the album before the album comes out but we wanted to release something. So I came up with the idea, well, hey, let's, let's do a cover, but, you know, let's do a, our own style. And uh, that song just seemed like it was begging to be heavier. You know, like, it's already a very energetic song. 
and I just felt like we can make this heavier and make it more kind of, you know, uh, grotesque style. And um, so that's what we did. And I, I think it comes off really well. It's it's a hit with our, in our set. It's a standout every night that we play. Like, whenever we play it live, it almost inevitably always gets people moving. So. Yes. Yes, indeed. So uh, one tradition, because I, I haven't always done this show solo. I used to have a couple of co-hosts. And uh, one tradition I like to keep alive is uh, is the stumper questions that uh, my former co-host, Derek, liked. Uh, he always liked to do so. Of course, it's a question that makes you think. Um, so let's, let's just say uh, you're hitting the charts and you're going to go on a big tour uh, coast to coast, maybe travel globally a little bit. Uh, you have three opening slots of bands or musicians you'd like to have open for you. Who do you pick? And it could be anybody past or present. Huh, okay, so we're talking about, I guess, bands that would be smaller than us that we would want to help out. Nope, we're talking about uh, doesn't doesn't matter. You know, they can be uh, they can be local bands. Uh, they. Can, they can be uh, the biggest of the big, like Metallica or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, because I, I guess I'm thinking too rationally, but I'm thinking, okay, I mean, if I'm putting fans on before me, like, I'd love the tour with Nine Inch Nails, but I would not dare go on after Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. I guess if I'm thinking literally, and it's bands that would be opening for us, that would be going on before us, it would be people on the same level as us or, you know, smaller than us that we'd like to help out. Um <clears throat> I, uh, let me think. Well, um, we toured with Dropout Kings recently. We've toured with them twice now. And I really like Dropout Kings. Those dudes are awesome. They're really fun to tour with. So I'll put them on there. And um, then there's another, um, there's a band that, um, that we kind of share a practice spot with called Through All This Time. And they're a local band. Uh, they have not really... Toward. They've done a couple like out of state shows, but I'd love to bring them along because uh, that'd be really cool. And um, so another one, uh, Kiss and Candace. Um, there's a band called Kiss and Candace out of New York that um, mm -hmm. they used to be a band. They some of them were in a band called Dr. Acula back in the day, but um, they are very much up our alley. And I've done one show with them a while while back, but we haven't toured together yet. And I would love to tour with them. They're kind of a similar like uh, level of, on a similar level as us. So I think that would make sense. So there you go. Uh, All right. Those will be the three. Yeah, there's uh, definitely one suggestion I could definitely make is, uh, you know, right around uh, when I first started this show, uh, I was I was living in Ohio when I first started it, and there was a local band that uh, I interviewed out of Northeast Ohio. They're called Psychosis, and they're a lot like, Psychosis. what's that? Oh, I just repeated the name because I was trying to think if I... The yeah. name sounds familiar, but there's also a wrestler called Psychosis. So I'm not sure if I'm thinking of him or a band. <laughs> yeah, no, it's spelled S-Y-S-O-K-I-S. -S -S. Uh, okay, I'm not sure I'm on Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, they're good friends. Of, of course, uh, you look at them and uh, some people said they're a cheap ripoff of Slipknot because they, they wear the masks too and all that. But I was going to say... If you put on a mask, you're, you're a slipknot ripoff to a lot of people. We give that to, even though we're very different, but, you know, it, it is what it is. People people are going to do that. Yeah, 
critics going to criticize. There's no stopping that. But no, psycho. Oh yeah, they're they're an awesome group. Uh, they're they're an awesome band. They're I mean, as people, they're awesome too. And uh, and uh, yeah, they're they're out of uh, Northeast Ohio, and uh, they're also uh, really good friends with Mushroom Heads. Uh, I think that's okay. Where, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's where they primarily got the masks from was uh, Mushroom Head. So. Well, a band that, speaking of Mushroom Head, a band that I would like to tour with that I have circled around for years and years and years and years, it's Waylon's new band. Um, well, I say new, he's had it for years now, but A Killer's Confession. I have been in the same circles with that dude, and we've played shows together, but we've just never toured together. So I would like for that inevitability to eventually happen, because every time that we post, who would you like to see us tour with? We share so many of the same fans. We just, that is brought up more than any other band. It's a killer's confession. And um, I was talking to Waylon about maybe maybe doing um, doing a song together. Uh, we haven't got that hammered out yet. but um, So th- those guys would be great. Um, I would I would like to tour with them, too. If we're just talking about bands to tour with. Absolutely. And uh, uh, just a few more questions here. Um, one sure. of my one of my favorite questions, uh, because I, the different answers that I get for this question, and uh, believe me, I've, I've heard some crazy fucked up answers to this question. Oh, God. Okay, lay it on me. <laughs> so this doesn't matter if uh, you're playing some, uh, s- some dirty dive bar shithole out in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, that holds maximum capacity of 25 people if you're lucky. Or say some of those are the best. Yeah. Or or say you booked Madison Square Garden. The venue doesn't matter. Yeah. What is the craziest thing you think you have witnessed while performing on stage? Oh, um, hmm. craziest thing I've witnessed performing on stage. Man, I don't know. It's kind of funny when people ask me stuff like this. My mind always goes blank. Like I know there's been lots of weird stuff to happen, but my mind inevitably goes blank. Um, like I've definitely had, you know, I've had some like fans in the audience do weird things. Like a girl one time like licked her hand and tried to rub it on my face. I've gotten pretty good at like blocking, <laughs> like. Just seeing something coming and then just blocking it. I've had uh, I've had somebody reach up and try to like just full on grab my junk. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, just just stuff like that. You know, I've had stuff like that happen. Um, one thing that was really weird, which it didn't happen while we played, but um, I had I don't even remember where the hell we were because you know whenever you're you're out doing tours and stuff, it's, it's half the time you don't know where you are. It's a different town, but. Um, we, we had a Muppet show open for us, us, like there was literally, we came in and there was a Muppet show on stage and then they got off and we played <laughs> like a Muppet show open for us. It was the strangest thing. Like they had, they had chairs set up and everything. Everybody was sitting there watching the Muppet show and then they moved off we played. And the show actually went well, too, is the other weird thing about that. I'm thinking, this is fucking bizarre. Like, there is no way these people are going to be into us. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. However, I don't know, but it worked. So that was definitely strange. 
Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, I've heard some bizarre stories when uh, when I asked that question. <laughs> yes. What's the weirdest story you've heard? Okay. Well, if you're if you're ready for this one, it was actually uh, my Halloween show from. Uh, Three years ago, when I interviewed uh, Raven Chain from Sister Kill Cycle out of Florida. Oh, I know those guys very well. I know them very well, yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess he was performing, and uh, a girl in the audience was having her time of the month and uh, put her <laughs> put her tampon, uh, her bloody tampon on the stage as like some kind of offering to the gods. Wow. Like, that's, 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 that's pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, and then of course, uh, I had one guy out of South Africa who said the uh, the venue had just completely cleared out, and he couldn't understand why he goes outside, and it's like a massive group orgy. It's wow. Like, okay. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I, I I had to. I just thought of something. Oh, go um, ahead. And this. This is just, and this goes way back, because I was thinking of, like, touring and stuff, and this was, like, pre-touring for me. I was in, like, a local band, and uh, the show was in South Carolina, so we were out of town, but, and it was around Halloween, actually, but, um, so we are playing some shithole, like you had mentioned, and, um, so, uh, and this didn't happen uh, while we were on stage, it was before we played, and I didn't even think we were going to get to play, but, so, um... We're just chilling in the back, kind of green roomish kind of area, you know. And um, me and my drummer, I think it was, are just laying back there, just kind of half dozing, you know, just chilling. And then we just hear like a commotion coming from the, you know, the main room there where all the bands and everybody's at. And uh, like I come out there and I just see like this massive brawl. It's just like, I don't know, 60 or 70 people like all across the room that are just like fighting and then this like somebody like kicks open the front door and they like shoot a taser and it tases a guy and then somebody else picked up a cue ball from the uh, from the pool table and like clocks the hell out of an old woman like there's an old woman in there and he just nails her with with a cue ball and I'm like holy shit what the fuck is happening, you know? And, like, me and my drummer, like, ducked behind the bar there, and, like, we saw another dude pick up a pool cue and, like, hit a dude, and it was just the most insane thing I've ever seen. And then I hear somebody scream out, he's got a gun, he's got a gun, and a dude pulls out a handgun, and then we really ducked down and, like, got, like, to the back room. We're like, what the fuck? Time to meet. Uh, move, you know? <laughs> Uh, but like we just we hung out in the back for a while and it kind of commotion calmed down the cops got called and within an hour or so like the show was back on but that was just the most bedlam insane thing that I had ever seen at a show like it was literally like 75 or so people just it was like a giant brawl like from a movie you know it was it was nuts (laughs) yeah I, I hate it when that shit happens I mean there's the mosh pit I mean, which is always a normal thing, but uh, when that shit... Yeah, that's fine, and nobody's looking to hurt each other in a mosh pit, you know. Everybody gets it. Like, there's a kind of a, you know, somebody falls down, you pick them up, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's a whole other thing when everybody, like, 
intent to injure or hurt comes into play. You know what, though, I I can tell you one cure one cure for that at, at any show, and I don't care what genre it is, from uh, metal to rock to uh, country, hip hop, whatever, is that uh, you don't allow alcohol at at the at the venue, but you do you, you do allow people to pass around joints. But that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely people are, I mean, I've never seen anybody get high and get into a fight. I've seen them drink and get into a fight a lot. Though oh. so I will say, uh, my bandmates would probably uh, argue with you on that because they like to drink a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I just, I just kind of throwing in uh, my own opinions there because, I mean. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I don't, uh, yeah. I don't personally drink at all, you know. So, for me, yeah, fuck it, I'm on board. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and see a lot of people listen to this too, and they know I discuss a lot of politics with political guests on this show, and they know I'm kind of more right wing conservative. But uh, when it comes to cannabis, uh, kind of uh, tend to lean left on that. So, yeah, I don't. Uh, I feel like, and I don't smoke weed either, but I have a lot of friends that do, and I feel like I don't see the harm in, in marijuana. Honestly, I. I've always said that I feel like it should be legalized. It's, it's kind of dumb that it's not. Yes, I agree. I agree. Plus, we could boost the economy if we did. I. Yeah, I mean, you could tax it then. So. Exactly. I got one final question for you. Let's say uh, before or after a show, you have a group of kids that approach you ages 15 to 20. And they tell you that uh, they're going to start a band and they want to bust into the music business. What advice do you think you would give them? Well, when I've had this question asked before, I say, don't do it, run. Um, but uh, that's, not, that's not a serious answer. But um, I mean, kind of, yes, run. It's, uh, I don't know. It, I would say if you're trying to break into the music industry, um, so number one, uh, networking is ridiculously important. And I didn't understand that when I was younger. You know, I thought stupidly that, you know, I make good music and then people will recognize it and that's all there is to it. You know, I, I young, as a young moron, I should understand that so much of just about anything you do is networking, it's who you know, it's being friendly with people and making friends, and that is just exponentially important. So I always, whenever anybody asks me for any kind of advice as far as the music industry goes, I always tell them to network. Like, that is that is just so important. Um, but also, you know, if you're trying to get into the music industry with the idea that you're going to make money, uh, you know, uh, probably don't do it. <laughs> like, you can't get into music with thinking, okay, this is, I'm going to do this because I'm going to get rich. Because it is few, few and far between that that happens. So get into it for the right reasons that you love music and it's what you want to do that you enjoy being a musician and you don't know any other way to be. If you're doing it to get money, to be rich, then uh, yeah, don't do it. Uh, and network networking is very important you know it's it's kind of like uh, gambling because uh, you know going back to when i 
I say, uh, you know, I've, I've seen what alcohol can do too much alcohol, you know, cause I used to work in a casino, but, uh, one thing I learned, uh, from working in the casinos, uh, as he, the, uh, those that, uh, whether they're at the blackjack tables, they're at the slot machines, whatever, there's two types of people that come into the casinos, those that come to win and those that come to have fun. And which one do you, yeah. which one do you think, uh, walks out with more money? <laughs> is it the ones that come to have fun exactly those that yeah. come those that come to win usually leave in a bad mood <laughs> yeah it, yeah i can see that yeah exactly so uh that's all the questions i have for you l i want to thank you very much uh, for joining the show and uh before we go to a five song set where i'm going to feature feature three more of your songs uh please uh, cool. give, give yourself a plug and let the listeners know where you can be found. Uh you got uh got a website, got social media, Reverb Nation, iTunes, Spotify, and all that good shit. Okay, okay. I'll take a minute here to try to run everything down. Um so obviously we mentioned the Static X tour. That's with Static X, Fear Factory, Mushroom Head, all those kind of guys. And that's gonna be happening um I think we we're not doing the full tour. We come on, I think, in New York, so that's um, March 19th, uh, and then uh, the tour ends on April 15th, January, March, April. Yeah. So uh, look for us there. Um, we also have a North Carolina show um, at the uh, the Lincoln Theater in Raleigh on January 14th. Um, other than that, just look for us uh, on social media because we are always booking more shows. So just look to see when we're going to be in your town. On all the social media and everywhere, just Google Cultus Black or look us up on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. We're just, you know, Facebook.com, Cultus Black, Instagram, Cultus Black, uh, Spotify, Cultus Black. We're just, you can find us. We're pretty easy to find. We're on YouTube. We're on everything. We're, we don't have much of a presence on Twitter, but other than that, we're, we're pretty much everywhere. So, yeah, look us up. Um, Burn just came out, so please go stream that. Uh, spread the word. Tell your friends. Um, we're still kind of a growing band, trying to grow our fan base. Um, and uh, we'll have the album out next year, probably in March before that tour. So look for that as well. All right. Well, hey, I, I appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck to you. And should you ever come out west, you know, even uh, if you're anywhere in the Boise area or anywhere around Salt Lake City, let me know because I'm I'm only about two hours away from Salt Lake City, about an hour and a half from Boise. So, okay, I know that we are uh, on that Static X tour. I know that we're going through the Midwest, and you know we end up in California. We start in New York and end up in California. So I'm not sure. I don't remember, but we're at least passing through those areas. I'm not sure if we have a show out there or not, but we might. All right. Most definitely. Most maybe one day. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, thank you so much. Best of luck to you. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, hope you have a great rest of your evening. You bet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the interview that I recorded with L of Cultus Black. We're going to go to the first music set of the show coming up. we got three more songs by Cultus Black. Plus, we got the Crypt Keeper and the Steel Woods in the mix. Be right back after this.
This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? comforting my firstborn child. As I adjusted to a new position, my arm brushed against my wife, still sleeping next to me.
a feast. Only the best of fiends can come. We'll have skeletons of fun. So come on down to the Keeper's Zoo. I'm sure it will get brave reviews. Beyond time if you can. Because this is the Crypt Jam. Just jam. Permanent headaches, the end of the mission. For you have entered the Keeper's Terror Vision. So everybody just make that dash. A dash to the Crypt Keeper's Monster Bash. So come along with the Keeper's plan. But this is the Crypt Jam. Jam. This is the Crypt Jam.
rode in from the west with an eye for a dollar to make. He pitched us a sail about healing and all from a snake. The barkeep he warned him, but the man did not comprehend. How strangers run here disappear like straw in the wind. Too young, but in love when she met him in some northern town. He treated her good till the sun and the whiskey went down. Test the patience of all of her kin, or do strangers round here disappear like straw in the wind? Old Jim runs his mouth when he drinks since his wife passed away. And the crops that he sells are fair trade. But a traveling man had enough and took a pipe to his chin. That traveling man disappeared like straw in the
There is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protect and speed battle after battle hunter athletic gear is the brand celebrating your victory hunter athletic gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies including compression pants fight shorts hoodies vests caps and bikinis they can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business visit their website at hunterathletic.myshopify.com gear up and let's train What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour un interrupted and uncensored information join our ctm family today join the movement join the fight for freedom and independence caravan to midnight
website is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Cancel culture has not only affected myself and MyPillow, but also millions of you out there. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you for all your support. At MyPillow, we have hundreds of products now, including my new slippers, bathrobes, sleepwear, and my new beds. We are offering the best products ever for the best prices ever. Mike Lindell is a true patriot who loves America, and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials box and use promo code OUTLAW for all Mike's great discounts. Or call 1-800-652-3982. And remember to use promo code OUTLAW. And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs liposome spray products. 
from the Ultra 10,000 nanograms package to the Platinum 300,000 nanograms package. There are also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number two, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men, men again. Yo, baby, you have your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And Neutronics IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Cultus Black with Witch Hunt. Before that, the Steel Woods with Straw in the Wind. Before that, Cultus Black with Killing the Beautiful. Before that, the Crypt Keeper with the Crypt Jam. Yes, if you remember Tales of the Crypt. And starting off the whole set, Cultus Black with their cover of Nirvana's Negative Creep. All right, moving right along. Uh, in just a little bit, I will be joined by the icon Stephen James for Outlaw Radio Pop Culture Discussion. Before I get to that, it is time to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is Uncle Festerman. Excuse me, John Fetterman. Yes, indeed. Very... Very appropriate idiot of the week for Halloween, too. Yes, so you must be wondering, what has has he done? Well, as you know, he's running for office over in Pennsylvania, and when asked about fracking, uh, he said he was all about fracking and independent energy. But then uh, in prior statements, he talked about how he was against fracking, and he just totally stumbled when he was questioned about uh the double standards he was presenting. He's a fucking moron anyway. All right, moving right along, the icon Stephen James and I are going to be discussing this latest season of The Walking Dead on Outlaw Radio Pop Culture Discussion. Here we go. There's rabbit in the... It's a rat snake! Go get something else. Like what? Like a rope or something. There's no Sears and Roebuck, you grab the snake! It's time now for Outlaw Radio Pop Culture Discussion. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio Pop Culture Discussion. Of course, during uh, Halloween, what is none better than to discuss the latest season of The Walking Dead? As uh, Stephen there, he... He holds up his beautiful Lucille and licks the barbed wire. Damn straight. <laughs> hey, you know what he said in the comics? Let's see. Well, Negan said in the in the comics, he said, were you gentle? Were you kind? Did, did you treat her like a lady? Did you eat her pussy like a lady? Well, obviously, and we the, know my answer to that. But, but then, uh, you know, the TV show it was, uh, did you pet her little pussy like a lady? <laughs> 
Oh, well, you know, you got to make certain concessions for TV. <laughs> yes. So, so far, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, before we get started. Go ahead and spoil it. Spoiler alert. Even for those of you that, uh, so for those of you that do not have AMC Plus, you're going to hear, turn it off right now, or you're going to hear what happens this coming Sunday. Spoiler alert, Negan doesn't die because he's in another series. Yes, yes. And neither does Daryl. So so what we have learned about the Commonwealth, well, for what in the in the comics, the Commonwealth wasn't really overly bad. In the TV series, the Commonwealth is I mean, in the comics, you got no worse than Negan and the Saviors. Uh, in, in I disagree. I think the whispers were arguably worse, but no. In the comics, I said in the comics, you got no worse than the uh, than Negan and the Saviors. Uh, however, the whispers were were more scarier. However, the the Saviors were did the. Did you most- say more scarier? Yeah, I did. Shut up. Jesus Christ! Shut up. <laughs> so. Yeah, the, the whisper is scarier, but uh, the, the saviors were the most organized. Uh, the Commonwealth, on the other hand, uh, in the in the TV series, make make the saviors look like a charity case. It, it they are bad. Holy shit, they are bad. So, yeah, when we uh, topped off uh, through, remember there's. Three parts to this final season. At the end of the second, the second season finale, we saw that uh, basically things didn't go the way that uh, Lance Hornsby, who's representative of the uh, Commonwealth, he uh, he basically went to every community after things didn't work out. He took over Hilltop. He took over Oceanside. And he took over Alexandria, and we're going to get to that in just a little bit because that's where the major spoiler coming is. So, anyway, uh, you know, you look inside the um, the Commonwealth, and everything's happy-go-lucky. In fact, the Commonwealth is roughly around ten thousand people, and I have a feeling I'm not certain on this, but I think. They fortified it right around the time the zombie apocalypse first started. So you have a bunch of people who have not lived like Rick or Daryl or Michonne or or the, the ones we know and love. Well, no, that was clear to what's her name's brother who you know was a was a baker. And then then they found out he he was a doctor before the apocalypse. He didn't want to be a doctor again, but uh, not revealing that got him in a lot of trouble and said, "Well, either you're going to be a doctor or you're going to you're going to do something else far worse." Right, but the point of your point is he was able to you know stroll in there and say, "You know, I'm a baker." Yep. They're like, "Okay, we have a need for bakers." Yes. Nobody's been through some serious shit has a need for a baker so yeah it was it was quite obvious we're looking at the 
at these people, you know, who have not been through the thick and thin throughout the, the beginning of the apocalypse like Rick and Daryl have been, you know. So that's where, where we're going to get to, is, uh, as I was saying, that uh, the Commonwealth, as far as organizations goes, as being organized, uh, have Negan and the Saviors beat. They're, they're the elite of the elite when it comes to being organized. Oh, well, they absolutely do, because they have a full-blown bureaucracy going. Yes, yes, they do. And, of course, so uh, one thing that happened, I think it was the second, it was like the second or third. It was the third, I think. I can't can't remember the num- by number. But, uh, oh, honestly, Sebastian Milton, when I look at him, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there's somebody who did not get their ass beat when they needed it. I mean, you know, you, Eugene... Didn't even know who he was, just saw walkers coming for him and went and took care of the problem. And this ungrateful little shit just uh, screams at him for getting blood on his clothes. So, and uh, his word, because he's the governor's son, not, not Governor Brian Blake, played by David Morrissey, but Governor Pamela Milton. That's a yeah, she too is also referred to as the governor. What's a, <laughs> well, great. We have you know two go well, I mean, they're we've got 50 governors in this country, but well, well two supposedly governors, anyway. <laughs> two governors is that better than one? I don't know. But uh Governor Pamela Milton's son, of course, so he's he's maybe basically got a license to do whatever the fuck he wants. And he's sending people on dangerous missions to go get. There's a house infested full of walkers, but yet there's a big stash of cash in there. And even though you think in a zombie apocalypse, money is fucking worthless, but in the Commonwealth, they're still using it. So. Yeah, that's kind of redundant. But hey, if it's, it's still, it's still currency. In the Commonwealth, so it does have some value. Right, but my my point on that is, any asshole that wants to join the Commonwealth could. Where's the Commonwealth located, by the way? I think, yeah, you mean the Commonwealth or oh, Commonwealth? Sorry, I think according to the stories, it's Ohio. Okay, so somebody could you know walk into a bank, say in St. Louis. Because nobody gives a shit about cash and walk out of there with, you know, a couple of million dollars and then show up with the Commonwealth and go, hey, got a couple of million dollars and they're right in there. Voila. Yeah. And there are, you know, so many banks across this country. If you're willing to, to take the trek to go, you know, open up a bank vault. You're, you know, top tier in the Commonwealth. Especially, too, if, you, if you've got what it takes to go through that kind of dangerous situation. I mean, and I'm, I'm saying, uh, you know, how many walkers are you going to have to kill? And how many uh, people might you encounter 
that uh, might uh, just take whatever you've got. Considering when this, you know, places in the timeline, we're well into the apocalypse. Nobody has thought about banks in forever. There's tons of banks out there with tons of cash. It's not that difficult. I imagine within, you know, a few hundred miles of the Commonwealth, yeah, those banks are bled dry. But if you're willing to go out a little further, there's untold amounts of cash. That's nothing. But, you know, needless to say, we're looking at Pamela Milton, and we're looking at an Adolf Hitler of the zombie apocalypse. This this is not good because um, it, Lance Hornsby even said they're working on the train track so they can commute farther to reach out to other communities. And Carol na- nailed it right on the head that they can conquer. So, so we're yeah we got we got more. Which to brings us you know to where we ended on yeah. the last episode, but. But so, which was very different, by the way, than the last time our lead characters were trapped in a train car. Yeah, because that episode ended with, you know, they don't know they're fucking with the wrong people. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get to that too. We're gonna get to that too because there's something very similar that uh, within that right there is uh, what you just addressed. So. One thing, uh, Eugene's new girlfriend, Max, who is um, happens to be Mercer's sister. Mercer's a cool character. One thing you, you can see about him, he leads the Commonwealth Army, but he has a conflict within him. He knows something is wrong, and you know later on he's going to be a part of the uprising against Pamela Milton. Yeah, no, he will definitely turn. Yeah, because he, 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 you can see the conflict in his eyes when he gets these talks like your dad would be ashamed of you if he knew what you were doing. So Eugene, or no, Max, uh, sh- she ends up uh, talking to uh, Sebastian Milton and tricks him into saying shit and records it. Eugene, as the tape recorder, he plays what Sebastian had said. And that basically, uh, you know, this is where we're all for the rich, fuck the poor, blah, 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 whatever. We don't give a shit about anybody else. And that got exposed by Eugene. And then uh, Lance, Lance had some people. He, he was sitting in a jail cell and he had people killed, made sure that uh, these people were shot through the chest or other other vital areas besides the head, so they would turn as they after they died. That worked. Oh yes, that worked because right around the time that the Miltons are being exposed for the trash that they are, these these uh, people that were killed by Lance Hordsby's minions were had turned into walkers and attacked and killed a few people in the Commonwealth. Sebastian was going to have Max killed. And um, lo and behold, here comes Eugene, rescues Max, 
and basically throws Sebastian into at the walker. Sebastian gets bitten and killed. And, well, in the comics, Sebastian is the one who kills Rick and spends the rest of his life in jail. But, uh, I don't know, I applauded the scene when Sebastian got bit. I'm like, good for the good-for-nothing piece-of-shit brat motherfucker. That does kind of throw the series ending into question, though. Yes. Well... I have Obviously, they're going to do a Game of Thrones type of thing where the ending of this show is not going to match the ending of the comic. However, I do. I have a feeling, though, that it'll, it'll be Pamela is going to survive and she's going to rot in jail. But that's a prediction I have for the for the end. So, I think you. I think they're going to give her, you know, the kind of Negan treatment where she is going to be like the best part of my day is, you know, taking a dump in this bucket. So you have to empty it out because they left that out of Negan's story. <laughs> yeah. So Pamela Milton, knowing, knowing that uh, the, the rest of the community knows what a piece of shit her son is, does not uh, relent at all. In fact, Eugene is now captured and being on trial for murder. Now, uh, Kumiko, who arrived with Eugene, uh, part of Magna's group, um, she was a lawyer prior to the apocalypse, so she got a very high position once going into the Commonwealth. And And now she's basically getting Michonne's storyline from the comics. Exactly. So... Pamela Milton says, you're going to prosecute Eugene. End of story. You work for the government now. But what they didn't expect was Kumiko's curveball, who stood before the whole community and said, I'm going to defend Eugene. So his trial is coming up with Kumiko as his lawyer. Good for her. Good for her. That's not going to end well for one of those two. We'll see, because there's one thing is power to the people and a big uprising can mean can be pretty bad for Pamela Milton. But in the process, when all this happened, they they took away Judith. They took away uh, Rosita's kid. They took they took away. They ripped Herschel from Maggie's arms and took away their children and. They said that they're, and basically try to put everybody who was uh, from Hilltop, Alexandria, or uh, Oceanside into slavery. And this is where it's going to get interesting. See, so Daryl and Carol, they tried to capture them, but come on, you're not going to get them. (laughs) No, and I think the concept of them taking Herschel that's going to be part of what sets up the Negan and Maggie series. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Negan was captured. Ezekiel was captured. Everybody was captured and, and taken to a hard labor camp where it's basically a life sentence, even though they had nothing to do with what Eugene had, had done by exposing uh, 
the Miltons. They had nothing to do with it, but because they're a part of that community, they are guilty by association. So, they yeah, they captured Maggie, but that didn't last long because Maggie was able to escape, escape her, her binds and kill her captors. And, and same with Rosita, and then all of them split up. Uh, yeah, Gabriel's in there, too. They, they split up for a while, but as the escapees ended up finding each other, now we got Maggie, and we got Daryl, and we got Rosita. And actually, you got, you got to hand it to uh, Gabriel. He's becoming quite a tough motherfucker for a preacher, too. Yeah. From where he started to where he is now is a complete 180. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's still a man of faith, but. Right, but he started out as a complete little bitch. Oh, uh, he, he's learned. He's learned. To where he's one of the, you know, toughest survivors out there. Yes. Well, he he learned to read the Bible and put on your armor of God. He has done it. Yeah. And he swings that sword of salvation. Good. Or and most of what it took to get him there was being trapped in that, uh, what was it, a train car or box car or whatever it was with yeah. Negan and losing sight in one eye. He, from where he started to that point, to where he is now that was the turning point so this is where the major spoilers coming up this sunday are coming into play yeah i've, uh -oh. I've already gone into the escapees that was part, <laughs> that was part of it and by uh -oh. the way I, I said sword of salvation sword is the word of god so i i you know i can't can't forget my bible stuff but uh anyway so they uh you know Daryl, Maggie, you know how they are when they work together. I mean, let's let's face it. Mercer has the Commonwealth Army, and they are good. But have have anybody in the Commonwealth, even the soldiers, been through the thick and thin and the shit that our beloved characters have been through? Not uh, even close. So you want elite forces in a zombie apocalypse? Uh our group is it. These guys, they're the Navy SEALs. They're the Marine Recons. They're the best of the best in the zombie apocalypse, and they have proven it. Even when outgunned and outnumbered, they know they know how to get out of a bad situation, and they've been through the worst. I mean, honestly, you know, Daryl Dixon is almost a... He's really like Schwarzenegger in Commando. Yep. He can fucking do it all at any time and any place. So Rosita being uh, both, well, we know both uh, Daryl and Rosita were Commonwealth soldiers. So what they were able to do is uh, after they killed a, a few soldiers, they infiltrated and got on the radio and asked where the convoy was heading because, uh, you know, they took all the slaves and they're heading somewhere special. And the, and so they get the directions that's at the very end of this episode coming up. And so they says they're taking them to Outpost 22. 
and they give her the directions for Outpost 22. Guess what Outpost 22 happens to be? Um, Alexandria. Exactly. Oh, shit. I hit that on the head. I, that really was a guess. Yeah, they, they took away, they, they stripped the name Alexandria and called it Outpost 22, and it's basically a labor camp for the Commonwealth. So, you know, I think what they've got in mind, they you know, they have no intentions of ever letting them see their children again. Basically, I think they want to take they want to take Judith, they want to take uh, Rosita, and they want to take little Herschel and, and all of them and indoctrinate them into what they want and or make them hate their parents. You know, I like some situations we're going through today, but yeah, here in real life. But that's another story for another time. I, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, they even took Dog away from Daryl, which I have a feeling they killed Dog. I'm pretty sure they were going to see a scene where they eat Dog. Uh, and if that happens, we're going to see a pissed off Daryl cracking some skulls. Well, let's face it; it does not take. Daryl all that much to get pissed off. <laughs> yeah, he, he's got that uh, he's short-tempered, but yeah, so there are your spoilers. We know now that Alexandria is a has basically been turned into a fucking concentration camp. But you mentioned they're fucking with the wrong people. So what does Maggie say at the end of Outpost 22, which is the how the name of the episode? We're get, we're going to get our children back, and we're going to take our home back. And Pamela Milton is never going to see it coming. And she, I mean, she's speaking in the same tone, has the same look in her eyes as Rick did when he said they're fucking with the wrong people. And yeah, but that's where the spinoff is going to come in because whoever you know is in charge of Herschel is going to take off that kid. Because you know that's the only thing that's going to make Maggie and Negan team up and go to New York of all places. Oh yeah, and uh, also also the uh, the prison warden told them all that they... Uh, that they don't have names and they are not allowed to call each other by their names. And uh, if you try to run, they'll fucking shoot you. The prison runs rules the, or excuse me, the warden runs the pretty much the slavery system with an iron fist and Negan recognizes it. So Negan's going to be very valuable in this because uh, he said that guy rules with fear. And that's the game that I know. So, you know, and Negan, you know, I mean, he's he's no Hannibal Lecter, but he he's good at uh, manipulating. He's very vicious. And, and very manipulative and can get in your head and fuck with you. He's good at that. And I think, you know, this is that's something that uh, our group is going to need. Well, I agree with that, but I also think that 
and mark my words here, that by the end of the Negan and Maggie series, they are basically a couple. Yeah, it's if, uh, which, yeah, there's uh, Negan's uh, Negan's pregnant wife right now. Uh, what to, what happens with her? That's a that is a concern because that's that's what's on Negan's mind right now. However, these are people that just thrive on they they love separating people. So I have a feeling they're gonna kill her. Oh no, that's without a question. You know, she's gone. I can't remember what her name is, but uh, yeah. no, the, the the black lady that Negan's with right now. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, no, she's going to be killed. That's going to be part of the continuing setup for the Negan and Maggie series. But by the end of that series, even though we're all going to wish we forgot about Negan beating Glenn to death with Lucille. You know, um, Lucille. Oh, I think, though, that if and possibly when uh, they kill Negan's girlfriend, which I'm looking at uh, the fandom page. Oh, her name is Annie. All right, so we got that out of the way. I'm quite sure... That when that happens, if that happens, oh shit! Ne- remember what happened last time Negan went on a rampage, right? But this—that's going to be the setup for the new show. Is Maggie is going to reach him and all that? So that's good. I I promise you. By the end of the Negan and Maggie series, not by you know Walking Dead, but by their series, they are going to end up together, even though he's the one that beat Glenn to death. So basically Because uh, he's going to well, he's gonna develop an attachment uh to Herschel. She's going to see him, you know, risk his life probably more times over than is prudent to save Herschel. And I think that Kumiko is going to be the one that takes over leadership of the Commonwealth. Because we know Pamela Milton ain't going to stay in power forever. She's been exposed for the piece of shit that she is. Yet she won't stop, and people are going to get more pissed off. Uh, that's a pretty good... Uh, I think she's going to continue to take over the Michonne storyline. Yes. That way they can free up, you know, uh, Denise character uh, for, you know, the Rick Grimes show. Yes. I Also, I do think they are going to bring back both of them, Deny and Andrew Lincoln, in if not the finale, then within the first or sorry, last uh, couple episodes, so they can set up that limited series. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. Uh, we're going to hit a music set. Coming up, we got the White Buffaloes and Forest Rangers. 
got Sister Kill Cycle, David Watson, Spike Coggins, and India Morell. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask, Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. Outside my window I hear him calling I hear him sing Burns me with his eyes of gold to embers He sees all my sins He reads my soul spoke to me like Martin Luther like Pericles Come join the murder Come fly with black We'll give you freedom from the human trap Come join the murder the hand of God 
that raven's fire You made me hate You made me burn He laughed aloud as he flew from Eden You always knew You never Sings to me like Martin Luther or Pericles. Come join the murder, come fly with black. We'll give you freedom from the human trap. Come join the murder. So
Scenarios race through my godforsaken head. 
aiming at my head with plants into a secret inch and sand aside I'll live instead. Is this real life going crazy? This world's so cold and sanguine. Is this real life going crazy? Wake me up, someone save me. Is this real life going crazy? This world's so cold and sanguine. Swinging from that old hanging tree 
left-wing community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho are still up to their dirty tricks, teaching Idaho kids from cradle to college that white people are inherently racist. Now, these left-wing nuts are taking the whole race thing to a whole new level with critical race theory. According to critical race theory, teaching children math, arithmetic, is racist. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, racist. Can you say ridiculous? Malcolm X warned against critical race theory. It's very harmful. It's wrong. And the leftist nuts teaching this stuff to our children know it. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Join the fight against the teaching of critical race theory to Idaho's youngsters. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org at some point, you're going to want to consider this. If a national emergency or a natural disaster or even civil unrest should occur, where would you go? Seriously, where? Heading into the sticks with some MREs in a tent might be all right for a week or two, but then what? And who's around you? Who can help you if you need it? And how long would you last without the security and comfort of your own home? If you've asked yourself these questions, consider X-Point. Located in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a limited number of military-grade hardened shelters originally built by the U.S. government, 80 feet long, 26 feet wide, 12 and a half foot ceilings that you can custom build out to your own tastes. X-Point, a nine-square-mile of like-minded people who know the best way to deal with a disaster is to distance yourself from it. If you've always wanted a real bug-out bunker with the amenities of home, visit TerraVivos.com. T-E-R-R-A-V-I-V-O-S.com. X-Point. X marks your spot. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one-size-fits-all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jigs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboying alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats. That's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with We The People Holsters. If you own a handgun, then you know you need the perfect holster to go with it. We The People Holsters are made right here in the USA by gun nerds who are not afraid to support our Second Amendment. Whether you want Kydex or leather, We The People Holsters has just what you need. We The People Holsters is the preferred option of professionals throughout the law enforcement industry, as well as those serving in the branches of the armed forces. Simply go to www.outlawradioabs.com, go to the store section, and click on the We The People Holsters banner to select the holster that's perfect for you. Don't wait. Get your holster from We The People Holsters today. 
August 7, 2022, 3 a.m. in Washington, D.C. The Senate votes on a measure to add more Border Patrol agents to stop the drugs, the gangs, the chaos. Maggie Hassan voted no. Listen to her actual vote against more Border Patrol. Senators voting in the negative. Feinstein, Gillibrand, Hassan, Heinrich, Hickenlooper, but just 12 hours later, Maggie Hassan voted yes to hiring 87,000 new IRS employees to audit the middle class. Now the IRS will be larger than the Border Patrol, the FBI, and the Pentagon combined. That's Maggie Hassan. No to the Border Patrol, yes to the IRS, and yes to voting with Joe Biden 96% of the time. Reject Maggie Hassan's liberal priorities. Senate leadership fund paid for and is responsible for the content of this advertising. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. www.senateleadershipfund.org From the bowels of a nondescript building in a little hick town, this is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in the mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train, and Neutronics IGF-1, making men, men again. The songs you just heard, you just heard India Morell with A Vampire Story. Before that, Spike Coggins with Walking in a Graveyard. Before that, David Watson with The Walking Dead. Very appropriate uh, with the discussion Stephen and I just had. For that, Sister Kill Cycle with Cruel World. And starting off the whole set, the White Buffalo and the Forest Rangers with Come Join the Murder. Yes, you remember that song from Sons of Anarchy. Moving right along, it's time to turn it over to the icon Stephen James for the Steve Solution. Here we go. I don't care who you're voting for, Democrat or Republican, you need to be able to prove who you are. Because what's to stop tons and tons of individuals for whatever party, for whatever office, of registering repeatedly and sending different people into polling stations or the same person into polling stations over and over and over again using different voter registration cards when they've obviously voted fraudulently several times over. This is The Steve Solution with Stephen James on Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Steve Solution here on Outlaw Radio. I am your host, the icon Stephen James, joined as always by the head of AOW Productions, Bad Billy. What's going on, Billy? What's going on? I mean, uh, the Halloween t- uh, theme discussion continues. After all, it is the Halloween show. Good point. Um, I myself am going as uh, two different characters this year for Halloween, one for work, one for Halloween night at home at work because I want to be lazy and I have long hair and a beard. I am just putting on jeans and a T-shirt and putting my hair in a ponytail and I will be Triple H (laughs) without the muscles, obviously. Time to play the game. I swear to God, anytime anybody walks into the store, I'm going to have it queued up on my phone, and I'm going to hit play. 
Time to play the game. <laughs> Rest in peace, Motorhead. Damn yeah. strong, not the whole band, just Lenny. Yeah. So, and uh, when I get home from work, uh, Halloween night to hand out candy, I have a uh, long trench coat and a backwards buddy Christ hat, and I'm going to be Silent Bob. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. Now, uh, do you have I a will J- have to color my beard a little bit for that. Do you have a J? I was working on one, but no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Fuck, fuck, mother, mother, fuck, mother, mother, fuck, fuck. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I ain't doing nothing shit. So, I got, I mean, I work from home. I ain't going to no parties. My wife asked me. Yeah, because she got a handmaid's outfit. If I'd if I'd go with her to a party and be the commander, and I'm like, fuck no. Okay, I understand all those words as English, but I don't know what the, you're talking uh, about. She's a fan of the show Handmaid's Tales. Oh well, so are both my girlfriends, uh, but I've never seen an episode. Yeah, I, I I don't care too much for it. So, what are we going to talk about? You know what? Tonight, I'm going to leave that up to you. Well, I was thinking, remember we started that show, but kind of that canceled it only after two episodes um, when, where we were talking about uh, serial killers. I kind of figured we could have that discussion, and uh, I just we'll just uh, debate about it if you want, but uh, who is the scariest serial killer? So... You know, I mean, so we can look at our options here. Who do we have? Um, so we have Jeffrey Dahmer. Just looks like a plain nerd. That's one way of putting it. Yeah, he's just a plain nerd. You know, he's not scary until he drugs you. So I, my opinion, he's out. He's not the scariest serial killer. Now, we look at Ted Bundy. Bundy's an interesting choice. But the thing is, he's handsome, charming, and not scary until uh, until he uh, lures you into somewhere and then rapes you. And, well, you have to be a woman, mind you, but yes. Uh, nope. Young boy or young man. I don't think he killed any, any men that I know of. Jeffrey Dahmer? No, I'm talking about Ted Bundy. Oh, sorry. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Ted Bundy, like I said, handsome, charming, and a Republican, you know, uh, who got into politics and all that. Not scary until uh, he takes you out to the woods and beats you to death and then rapes your corpse. So, I, I'm sorry, Ted Bundy's out. He's. I want to look into somebody. I want my idea of who the scariest serial killer is is somebody that's dark from the beginning. Uh, Well, how about Richard Ramirez? That's uh, one of my picks. But before I get to him, somebody who who does qualify up there because people are afraid of clowns anymore. I'd have to say. Oh, God. Yeah, 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 definitely. Gacy. Yeah, so he's up there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, you also have to put in the son of Sam. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, uh, he'd, well, he'd just walk up to. I mean, come on. The neighbor's dog told him to kill me. <laughs> Not even his dog, the neighbor's dog. Now, uh, Edmund Kemper, I think his height alone could make him scary. He's, I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, he he's a he's the tallest serial killer ever lived at six foot nine. Damn. Um, you know, but I haven't really seen somebody not just you know say, hey, can I take this knife from your hand and give you this basketball? <laughs> yeah. Just you know, throwing out thoughts. But uh, John Wayne Gacy. So we're looking at him. I mean, obviously, you know, clowns didn't used to be scary. Uh, well, that's your opinion. Um, I'm telling you, uh, killer clowns from outer space. No, I'm just saying, in general, I've never found clowns funny. I don't necessarily find them scary. I find them a little odd, and I can certainly see why there is a pretty decent percentage of the population that find clowns scary. But for the most part, here's the thing, though, is that uh, Gacy got, a, got along well with his neighbors and, uh, you know, but they, because he was burying the bodies under his house, you know, it's like, I don't see, that's another thing why I, I just got to say this real quick. I mean, uh, Gacy's house stunk to high fucking hell. And so, and uh, why didn't they they uh, think about that when uh, Dahmer was stinking up his apartment? And they they could have saved lives if they would have would have would have thought about that. But anyway, well, in Dahmer's case, he kept a lot of them in the freezer. Yeah, but there because was he was eating them. But he and you don't want to be Bob from The Walking Dead and start screaming tainted meat. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, throwback to another show. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the one we just discussed in the previous segment. But, uh, you know, the I'm, I'm just saying that uh, Dahmer's place fucking stunk. And so did Gacy's. And uh, it's like that, that was a lesson they didn't learn. It's like if it smells that bad, investigate. Uh, yes and no, but, you know, I, I got to tell you, I mean, you know, part of my job is to uh, you know, my day job anyway, is, you know, I deliver things to people's homes and have to regularly go in and set those things up. I've been in some homes that just are gross and stink to high hell. That being said, I am former law enforcement, and I can tell the difference between you have a cleaned up dog shit in 12 years and there's a body in here yeah not everyone there's a lot of people out there that go it just you know smelled really bad bro yeah so i mean john wayne gacy he got along well with his neighbors and he, you know he did things uh with the community and people liked him you know and of course dressing up as a clown for kids birdies. Still and all that. Me out. Yeah. 
But the yeah, the killer clown. So I mean, he's only about uh, yeah. I I can't say he is the scariest. My pick for the scariest. I mean, Ed Gein. No, no. I mean, he was just a mama's boy. Or I tell you, went inside his house and saw things made out of human remains. I I think that's pretty fucking creepy. It is. But uh, Richard Ramirez. I'm, I'm actually with you on Ramirez. I mean, he he is my pick for the scariest serial killer ever lived. I, you know, he's. I don't even know if he's the scariest. If you want to, you know, tell scary stories around a campfire or something like that, you know, maybe he would be on, you know, the number one spot. But the fact is. I was growing up and living in Southern California during that time. And I remember the news stories about that, you know, because oh. back, back then we didn't all have, you know, TVs in our bedrooms where you clicked a button and you watched whatever you wanted. You watched what was on TV in the living room. And the, like most parents back in the day, you know, mine watched the news and it just freaked me the fuck out where so many times I'd see the news start with the Night Stalker has struck again. And that's the thing, too. He, he was he was elusive. You didn't know where he was going to strike, too, because he, he 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 traveled, went from Orange County to Los Angeles, even all the way up to San Francisco. So, and by the and, way, and uh, he didn't have a victim type. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He and and uh, I I got to ask you uh, that you were there that summer. They say that was one of the hottest summers on record. It was. It was. Yes. So you know you have a lot of people who have air conditioners, and he took advantage of that. That was part of. Well, no, that's the thing is he took advantage of a lot of people that. Uh, especially in Southern California during that time, you're talking, this is the, you know, well, what the late 19 or mid to late 1980s. Yeah. Not everyone had central air and even more didn't even have window units. You had a lot of people that just threw their windows up at night. Just to get cool, especially in put, yeah, the greater put, LA area. Just put a fan in front of their window. Yes. So yeah. gaining access to somebody's home was extremely easy. You just had to cut a screen, and there you go. And that's what that's what he did too. And the pictures. I mean, I seen with the one of the pictures. I mean, it looked like God. I showed it to a friend of mine in South Africa, and they thought it was one of their farm murders that they have down there. I said, like, "No, this happened. This happened here in the U.S. This in Los Angeles, one of the you know mega cities of the world." I mean, and like I said, he was elusive. That it was he had pretty much California in a grip of fear. I mean, traveling up. He had a, a victim in San Francisco, which is a long ways from Los Angeles. True, uh, but uh, the vast majority, 
was in Southern California. And, yeah, and there in lies the problem with jurisdiction and people sharing information. That was one of the bigger problems is yeah, because you had departments not sharing information. So the main two actually were Los Angeles and Orange County that uh, majority of his victims were in. And actually, Orange County is a good, pretty good drive from Los Angeles, too. So, what is it, about an hour, two hours, something like that? Uh, depending on where you're going. I mean, you at some point, you stop from L.A. County and you go into Orange County. But he was covering, you know, aside from San Francisco, he was covering uh Kind of a couple hundred mile area. Yeah. And so he, intelligence also can make a person scary. He was an intelligent killer. Extremely. And let's, let's not forget too. He had, uh, there were some homeless people that he was hanging out with. One homeless dude was so scared running to the police, tried to report him for Satanism. They're like, sorry, Satanism's not a crime. You know, but because Richard Ramirez was all about Satan and the pentagram drawn in the palm of his hand. And this is what's really funny is I talked to somebody recently that I know who is a Satanist. And uh, and he said that uh, the church of the church of Satan would not have Richard Ramirez because that was part of his his plan in San Francisco was to go to the church of Satan and Anton LaVey did not want him there and didn't even know he was a serial killer. Wow. If a, if the priest, the high priest of the satanic church doesn't want you, something's wrong. Well, I mean, to be fair, um, and I'm obviously not a believer, but, you know, much like Christianity or Islam or uh, Judaism, they do have, you know, things that they do follow. Yeah. And they have, they have their own standards and they're not, they're, and they're not going to break them. Yeah. And they, and they are not about murder, you know, and I'm not trying to say as a Christian, I'm not trying to defend the, uh, the beliefs of the, of the satanic religion, but, uh, the person I talked to made it very clear that they are against murder and they don't do human sacrifices and all that bullshit that we're led to believe. However, Richard Ramirez coming in with a pentagram on his hand and was all, all like hail Satan and all that, you know, and they, he just gave them some kind of creepy vibe that they did not want him to be a part of their church. And, no, and he was obviously very mentally ill. Yeah. Well, and as I stated in that one show is, you know, I kind of, I blame his uncle a lot for making him into the monster that he is because uh, he can, first he would show Richard like uh hustler and playboy and penthouse and all that. Then he would show them pictures that he took in Vietnam while he, while he served in the, he served in the forces in Vietnam and uh, should have been court-martialed and hung mind you, because he, he murdered innocent civilians in Vietnam and took pictures of him. And he showed these pictures to, to Richard as a young boy. So he helped. Thank you for your service, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) 
God. So I'm sorry, isn't that what we're supposed to say? I wouldn't I wouldn't say that to a piece of shit like that who murdered innocent civilians because I wouldn't say it to a lot of soldiers. Um not the vast majority, obviously, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> but you know, so he was shown all this stuff at as a as a young boy and just basically, you know, got it helped mold him into the monster that he was, but I don't know where Satanism came into play, but he became a Satanist, and he said he killed in the name of Satan. You looked into it, look at, just go to Richard's mugshots, and there, if you dare even look into his eyes through the fucking photograph on your internet screen, you, it's, it's not pleasant. You know, I agree with that because a lot of mugshots, even from various serial killers over the years, you know, they look like any other mugshot. They're staring off into space. He looks like he's trying to stare into your soul. Yeah, exactly. It's really kind of disturbing. I mean, Ted Bundy doesn't look scary, neither Gacy's smiling. Dahmer doesn't look scary. Uh, Ed, Ed, or what was it? Uh, Albert Fish didn't look scary. Neither did Ed Gein. Fucking Richard Ramirez. Get, I look at his pictures and my blood chills. Now, I agree completely on that. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, I, and, and he was one of the very worst. I mean, Ted Bundy did horrible things. Dahmer did horrible things. But uh, when you look at uh, what Richard Ramirez done, look at his crime scene photos, he repainted walls red. And you're talking to a guy that lit, was literally in that area during that time. I remember my uh, mom and stepdad having discussions and, you know, hearing things like, you know, are you sure the doors and windows are locked because, you know, they're the Night Stalker and all that? And how about the fact, too, can you imagine? It's like uh, we're, it's it's a hot, hot fucking summer. And we're going to have to sweat it out. We can't, we can't afford to leave any, any windows open. And that's... During that time in Southern California, unless you were, you know, people that had, you know, central air were the super rich. People that had window units were middle class. When I say units, I mean multiple window units. Then you might have, you know, the occasional you know, lower middle class poor person that had a window unit and normally in their bedroom. And and how many people do you think it was that they're like, I know it's hot as fuck, but we're going to have to sweat it out. It's too dangerous right now. Uh, more than you can possibly count. Because it was in the hundreds of thousands. Because of the news reports of this one person. I mean, even what he said, um, 
you, you know what uh, one of his quotes was when he when he was captured was I love to kill people they wiggle and squirm all over the place or they their face just turns white I love all that blood oh now he was on a creepy level of one to ten he was a 19. Yeah. So, yeah, he definitely has my vote as the scariest serial killer ever lived. Yeah. And having lived the, that era in the greater Los Angeles area, I can tell you the terror and the fear was literally tremendous yes it was it was bad what what a time to live through i i just can't i can't imagine it uh it was i'll call it interesting to you know say the very least yeah it was it was bad yes all right so, so is your number one vote Richard Ramirez? Oh, most definitely, because, you know, I was in that area, which obviously I'm not his target demographic by any stretch of the imagination. But, uh, no, having lived through it and having watched, you know, those nightly news reports, because that's what you did back in those days where you finished dinner, everybody gathered around the TV. We watched, you know, we had to sit through the news, which sucked as a kid. But then you got to, you know, the TGIF lineup on ABC or whatever. But no, I had to watch all these news reports back then. And I remember being fucking terrified, which I now realize I have no idea why the hell I was terrified. He wasn't out there trying to kill me. Oh, he, if he, he would have he came into your house, he would have. So yeah. if, I, if I was in the room, sure. But you had every, you had every reason to be terrified. That's, there's no looking back on it. He put the, he put that whole area from Orange County to, to Los Angeles in a horrible grip of fear. And, and his crimes were monstrous. And he spent too long on death row. Or to, so long that he didn't even get to face the chair or the gas chamber or whatever. He died of cancer. Yeah, that was the you know kind of real motherfucker for me. I was really looking forward to the day which, you know, begs to show the fucked up part of California if he had done this shit in Texas, where he's originally from, mind you, right? No, he wouldn't have made it. Maybe ten years, like yeah. Ron White said. If you kill someone in Texas, we'll kill you back. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yep. That's that is the number one choice. I, yeah, we're on quite common ground there. Especially uh, you have to live in the area during the time that happened. Holy shit. It was really quite an amazing time. I mean, yeah, from what I understand, too, people as far as uh, 
uh, Barstow or, or Victorville were fucking scared. Right, and yet he never made it anywhere close, really, to those areas. But, I mean, the you know way he was presented on the news, and quite frankly, they didn't, you know, they weren't throwing out all the serious details back then the way they are now. And if he would have been on the loose now, say, the way he was back then, he would have had the entire state on fucking lockdown. Oh, because yeah. Because they didn't share details like they do now. Oh, yeah. And part of those details, too, like I said, he, he repainted a house when he, when, uh, he, when he uh, committed his crimes. And yeah, he wrote in blood like Hail Satan and drew pentagrams and all that kind of shit. I hadn't heard that one, but Oh yeah, there's all you gotta do is Google it. You'll see one there's a picture there and the, there's a pentagram on the wall written in blood. I do remember hearing about pentagrams. I didn't know uh it was drawn in blood because again, I haven't researched this as an adult. I just remember hearing about it on the news as a kid and they sugar-coated shit big time back then. They didn't give all the gory details the way they do now. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, in fact, uh, I'm not, since this is not on video, you can't see it. However, I am going to forward you the picture oh. of uh, one of Richard Ramirez's crime scenes. And uh, that, okay, yeah, I'm not sure I want to see this because even though he's dead, it may give me nightmares all over again. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, there, there you go. It is ready for you. Yeah, this is one of his crimes. Crimes. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that's one of the great things I love about you know when I grew up in is they didn't show this shit on the news. Yes. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. He was a monster. Yeah. I wouldn't, if they had showed this shit on the news when I was a kid, I would have never slept ever. Yes. I already grew up during that time frame, making sure my windows and my bedroom were locked and all that shit. Good. Mm. But that's all the time we have uh, for this segment. Uh, but uh, next week, um, it's going to be there's going to be a lot of politics discussed next week because it's going to be the oh yes. So anyway, uh, we are it's out. election time, baby. Yep. And here comes a red wave, and it's not a red wave of blood like you see in that picture. Yeah, this is a good red wave. Exactly. All right. We are out of here. Deuces. And that's going to do it for this edition of Outlaw Radio. On tap for next week. Well, it'll uh, be the uh, a couple of days, actually, next week uh, before uh, Election Day. And so we, as uh, we kept uh, this show for political free, except for the idiot of the week, of course. Uh, next week's show is going to be all political because uh, we got a lot to discuss with this election coming up. 
Going to end the show with Lou Saraceno and The River. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I will be back next week. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio. Oh, my Lord, take this soul. Lay me at the bottom of the river. The devil has come to carry me home. Lay me at the bottom, the bottom of the river.
Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business? Or perhaps you're in a band. Or maybe you run a radio show or podcast. Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than fresh-baked tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from Fresh Baked Tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of outlawradioabs.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better. Get the best night's sleep in the whole wide world and more with my pillow, pillows, and other products. Are you and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency? Visit My Patriot Supply and purchase buckets of food with a 25-year shelf life. Check out we the people holsters made in america by gun nerds who are not afraid to support and stand up for their second amendment rights the tactical brotherhood is veteran owned and the gear and other products they sell are all american made a portion of your purchases go to support organizations for veterans at concealedcarry.com find news get firearm instruction and buy accessories and apparel visit outlawradioabs.com and click on the store link a service of outlaw radio and aow productions We are proudly sponsored by One of a Kind Art 43, created by professional artist Tammy Blackman. Tammy offers free consultations and will customize your art piece to fit your needs. Each of her pieces are, as the name suggests, is one of a kind because each are personalized pieces and once she is done, there will never be another. If you are interested, go visit Tammy on her social media pages, Facebook and TikTok by searching One of a Kind Art 43, where Tammy broadcasts her work and she's making custom tumblers or canvas art for another satisfied customer. You can always reach out to Tammy through her email at oneofakindart43 at gmail.com or call 409-234-5156. Although the prices vary, the quality is unmatched. Again, her social media pages are one of a kind with underscores between each word, followed by the word art and the number 43. Thank you again, Tammy, for another presence on this show. Pancakes. Hot, fluffy, delicious pancakes smothered in butter and warm maple syrup. Growing up in foster care, Terrence Williams always dreamed about big family gatherings around the breakfast table with Grandma in the kitchen, cooking up a big family breakfast. As a kid, he could almost smell that intoxicating aroma of those delicious hot and fluffy pancakes. As an adult, he has cultivated his love for cooking and his passion for food into his line of Cousin T's pancake mixes. I'm talking gourmet pancakes here. Go to CousinTees.com. Browse all the pancake choices, including buttermilk, apple cinnamon, blueberry, and various limited edition pancake mixes. Show the world how much you love Cousin T's pancakes with Cousin T's apparel and drinkware. Go to CousinTees.com. C-O-U-S-I-N-T-S.com. Cousin T's, y'all, the best pancakes you have ever had. You can't count for these pancakes. Get yours today. 
Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. Just when you thought it was safe to turn on your internet radio. They came from out of fucking nowhere with an audio attack. Happy Halloween from all the ghouls and goblins at Outlaw Radio. Baby! 